Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today I'm so thrilled to have Mac on the show. And the reason being is, is we're talking about joint ventures. And over the last few episodes, we've been talking about things we don't normally talk about on the podcast. So I'm excited to have Mac Atrom on. I probably messed that up, but I am trying. He's the founder and CEO of Mindspace Coaching, a leading business growth expert, widely regarded as one of the most sought after business coaches and trainers for entrepreneurs. He's famous for helping business owners rapidly increase their sales revenues between 20 to 200% in one year, as well as implement better processes and build winning business teams so that they can have more time off to enjoy their lives. Plus, he is the author of four best-selling books all available on Amazon. So we're definitely going to be talking about one of them towards the end of this episode. Welcome to the show, Mac. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me on the show, Kim. My pleasure. My absolute pleasure to be here with you. So, Mac, this is your first time on the show. So why don't you take, you know, about five to seven minutes or so and just share with the audience some of your story. How did you come to to be this incredible founder and CEO that now helps others? Awesome. Thank you. Great question. I think that's a great place to start. Um, and life, I suppose, like most of us, um, we're told to go to school, study hard, get good grades, get a good job. I, I went through that uh, that same route, and um, and and I worked for three corporations over a period of ten years after I graduated, and um, but after a while, I realised this is not for me, and I wasn't fulfilled climbing the corporate ladder, and so I jump ship and I and, and I started a new company I started a, a computer um it's a it became a one-stop shop for computers for small businesses needing computer support uh, e-commerce internet websites this kind of stuff and um and very shortly after I started it uh, I was approached by a couple other people who wanted to partner with me and they became my business partners one was um what was responsible for sales and marketing the other one was responsible for the operations of the business and what i didn't know was they were very unscrupulous i mean they were mm. you know in the face of it they were okay but after a couple of years i realized that they weren't actually doing what they said they were going to do mm. and the sales and marketing guy said um you know i've, I've had enough now and i'm leaving uh, i'm going to do something else so suddenly, there I am. I've got to now take care of sales and marketing because we're still a relatively flat, you know, a small company. And soon after that, the operations manager who's responsible for computer networking, computer installation, he disappears. And I'm thinking, what's happened here? So at that time, my wife is pregnant with our second child. I'm now working um long hours i'm working 18 hours 19 hour days not getting much sleep and so this gentleman who tony who disappears i i i'm calling him he's not answering i go to his house he's not answering the door i ask people who know him have you seen tony yeah he's around so he was avoiding me but what i didn't mm -hmm. know him was that between the two of them they had pilfered a lot of money mm -hmm. from the business 
which came to light when suppliers were chasing for stuff. And so I had to borrow money, loans, credit cards. Now I was over $100,000 in debt, Kim. Purse wow. money that I owed other people. And what I came to realize was, and it was one evening driving home, exhausted, five minutes from my home. I stopped at this sh uh, retail shopping mall car park. And I sat there with my hands in the wheels, um, sobbing, feeling sorry for myself, thinking, how did I get here where... It looks like my wife's going to leave me because I'm never at home. Um, I'm not seeing much of our first child. My wife's pregnant with our second child. My life's a mess. I'm heavily in debt. My health is deteriorating. How, what happened? And I realized that the mind that created this situation I'm in cannot be the same mind that takes me out of this situation. Because the question I was asking myself, so how do successful business owners become successful? How do they create great businesses? How do they do this? How do they create wealth? And so I went on this journey. As I came through, I decided that, and that, that evening was a blur. And then I decided I've got to learn how to create that success in business and in life. So I went on a journey of, of self-discovery, reading books, going to seminars, and I fixed that business, Kim. And then I sold that. So in less than two years, I fixed it and I sold that business. So I'm in a better position now. And um, then I started uh, investing in other businesses and in, in real estate property. Mm -hmm. People kept asking me, Matt, can you help? Can you help me with my business? So I was helping people one on one way before I knew there was something called coaching. Before I knew it, I was running workshops, 10 people, 20 people. Now and when I get invited to speak, it's thousands of people in the room. So I've been an entrepreneur for over two decades now, uh, 22 years in fact, and put a fast 17, past 17 years now helping other small businesses, mostly coaches, consultants, expert um, people to grow their business rapidly. Re sometimes growing by as much as 100% or 200% in less than one year using specific strategies that I teach. Hope that uh, <laughs> captures... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in a little bit about my background. I love your story, Mac, because so many times, you know, when we are those solopreneurs, those experts, consultants, professionals, speakers, coaches, you know, we look at someone like you and we think, oh man, he's got it all. But I love when, you know, the, um, the guests on the show share their stories because you were just like us. All right. right? And yeah. you, you had your struggles and you learned how to overcome. And I just so impressed with that. So the question is, thank you. Did you, did you get things straightened out with your wife? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Look, um, we have been married now for 22 years. I actually started my business in the same year <laughs> that uh, we got married. Um, so things got straightened out. Uh, I promised her things will change. And luckily enough, I got the support. I got the coaching. I got mentorship. And I was able to fix that business. So, yeah, we um, May this year. May this year will celebrate 23 years, in fact. Oh, that's so sweet. My husband and I are, well, in a month, 32 years. Oh, my goodness. You lead the way. I'll have to... <laughs> And, and Kim, what they don't tell us, it's it's never plain sailing. There's always things you must work on between the two of you. So uh, it's it's a journey in itself. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of my listeners know we just recently moved across the country so that 
my husband could live his dream of becoming a pastor. So it has been a oh, totally wow. completely new stage in our in our marriage. Com- very unexpected, happened suddenly. So we've learned a lot about each other, especially in the moving process. And so, so here, here's what we figured out. His process of moving is different than my process of the moving. In fact, they're probably about polar opposite. Oh, so wow. we came to the point where we realized that if we tried to actually figure this out together, we were going to kill each other. So <laughs> we came to the agreement. He worked on the things he thought was important. I worked on the things I thought was important. And if if either one of us needed a little bit of help, we could ask each other. But for the most part, we just kind of left each other alone to do the things we knew needed to be done. And guess what? We were able to move in about a six-week period. Oh, you got it figured out. There you go. Sometimes it takes that um, compromise and working it out. But most importantly, Kim, I found most importantly, communicating. You're going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. We'll converge in the middle and let's go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I think even in in business, that's really important too, because, you know, from what you shared in your story as a new entrepreneur, you might not have been having the right kind of conversations with Mm. those two gentlemen. Um, So the other question that I just need to know, did you ever get any of the money back from them? No, no, Mm. no. And and I, I, and I didn't, uh, I stopped pursuing them. I, I thought, okay, it's a lesson I've learned. Uh, I'm just going to be very careful the way I get into any kind of partnerships again in the future. And so, um, and I'll tell you, Kim, it's been a blessing in disguise in terms of that first business mm-hmm. taught me how not to do business. And so it's really, it's really helped a great deal in terms of um, other consequent businesses uh, subsequent, subsequent businesses that I've created and, and uh, yeah, and, and the wealth that we've created through that. I've learned sometimes that sometimes it's just better to just let things go because you could spend so much time and emotional energy, yeah. you know, trying to get that money back or make them pay. And most times it's just not worth it. Not at all. Not at all. And you, I think you hit the key words there emotional energy don't forget Mm -hmm. i had already drained i'd fallen into a place of depression things weren't going right when what my coaches and 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 mentors helped me with was just to think forward Mm -hmm. plan forward get my act together uh you know change my habits because it's Mm -hmm. my habits that created that situation and so yeah i certainly didn't want to go that it go down that road again You know, one thing I love about what you just said, and then we're going to switch into the training section, you took responsibility for your part in it. I mean, in many ways, you were a victim and, you know, bad things happened to you, but you recognized what role you played in that and you learned from it so that it wouldn't happen again. So I just I just love that. But I want to make sure I give you lots of time because I know you've come prepared today to share about getting your next client using joint ventures. Yeah. So I'm going to let you loose for a bit there, Mac, and then uh, we'll talk about what you said. Superb. Okay, let's do that. So uh, one of the fastest ways what, that I found, if you're an expert, if you're a coach, if you're a consultant, one of the fastest way I found personally to get new clients and grow your business rapidly is using joint ventures. Some people might call it strategic alliances. And, and please don't mistake. This is not affiliate marketing. 
I'll give you an example. This is not affiliate marketing. This is relationships that you build. You build intentionally for a win-win situation. So imagine, for example, that where I learned this was when I was fixing my first uh, business, and I remember I was part of a BNI chapter, Business Networking International chapter, and it, which is business networking. And I remember one day the uh, the I was running, I was doing mostly, my company was doing mostly websites, e-commerce, and there was a computer supply company. And he said, would you, I've got these clients who keep asking, this is, remember, we're talking about dot-com era, 1999 era. And he said, I've got all these companies who want websites. Uh, we don't do it. Can you help them? And I thought for a moment, you're willing to give me all these companies and I will serve them. And I'm looking for new business. I'm trying to fix my business. And so I helped them. And I thought, what if I could find more people like this company who have my ideal clients? Mm -hmm. And if they have my ideal clients and I partner with them. So joint venture is really building a strategic relationship for a win-win outcome. So building a strategic alliance for a win-win outcome. And so if you're a coach, let's say, the, the, you're a business coach and there is a company, let's say, what do they do? Uh, there's a marketing, um, there's an exhibition company, exhibition company. And that exhibition company, you're thinking, look, they have got a database of all your ideal clients. Now, could you partner with them one way or another? Because typically, you know, you would want to, you may want to pay an exhibit, but is there another way? What's the win for them? So you could establish a win for them, a win for you. And what one of the wins could be, you maybe decide that you, you will do something for them that's going to help them and it can, it can go to their database. They win, they make money and you make money. So, so to cut a long story short, in a moment, what I want to do, Kim, is people are often ask me, so how do I go about getting joint venture partners? What do I do? So I'm going to give you six um, tips, real six quick tips that will help you. If you understand joint ventures and, and, and utilize it the right way, you'll see exactly what I mean. For me, what I've discovered, it's, it's the most lucrative, the least competitive and fastest way to grow sales. It, it is just so amazing. Um, so I'll give you an example. Somebody asked me to come and speak to their community. Uh, I spoke to their community. Uh, I did a joint venture partnership with the other person. The And then they paid me a commission after I did my 90-minute presentation, and it was $100,000, okay? Just over, right, $107,000. And I could have gone to do Facebook marketing, Facebook, you know, Instagram marketing, all that kind of stuff. But in a 90-minute presentation in front of my ideal clients, giving them excellent value, so much so they want to work with me and we both win. Mm -hmm. So here are the first steps. And please bear in mind, 95% of small business owners do not do joint ventures. Yeah. 95% don't do it. And, and I did some research around this because large corporations are doing this all the time. Think about this, Kim. You know when Pixar or Disney or DreamWorks create a new animation? What do we see 
McDonald's doing? What do we see Coca-Cola doing? What do we yep. see Coca-Cola doing? We see the Happy Meal with this new animation toy. And it's a joint venture. Air, airlines are doing it all the time. You know, the One World Alliance with American Airlines and British Airways, all these kind of things. So here are six steps that you may, if you want to do joint ventures, you might want to consider. Number the, the first step, the very first step in doing joint ventures is you have to understand that you've got to identify the right joint venture partner for you. Joint venture identification. Who is the ideal joint venture partner for you? And the mm -hmm. easiest way to establish that, you've got to ask yourself, who has my clients? Who has all my ideal clients? So if you can, if you can establish that and then the next step step number two is to contact them contact that potential joint venture partner when you contact them before you contact them you'd have done some research on them what do they sell what services do they provide who do they provide it to um what type of challenges they're going through you can do a lot of research before contact them and just have a conversation I understand you do this, this is what I do, and just get into a conversation. During that conversation, the next step, Kim, the step number three, is you are, before you get to step number three, you're establishing in that conversation where you believe there's a possible joint venture. In other words, what is it you can put together where they win and you win? Yes. Win-win situation. So step number three is when you've gone away, then create a compelling joint venture proposal. Actually formalize this. And in our training, in our training program, we have a program called the Million Millionaire Joint Venture Program. We show people, we tell people, make sure you put these things in writing. So you create a compelling joint venture proposal and represent that to them and say, look, I've formalized what we're talking about. This is how you're going to make money. This is how we're going to do that as well. This is how it's gonna work. This is our responsibility. This is what we're gonna fulfill. And we expect you to fulfill it, your mm. side this way. Step number four, real quick, is that, step number four is all about presenting your, your joint venture proposal. You've created it as step number three. Step number four, you're going to present it and get an agreement that yes, we are, we both agree that this will work for us and we are going to test it. Mm -hmm. And that takes us to step number five. Step number five is close the deal. Just like any, any sales situation, this is a sales situation and you're going to close the deal. In other words, get it signed. Why do you want the document signed? Why do you want the agreement signed? Because some people, when money comes into play or when money starts flowing in, they have convenient amnesia, if you like. They suddenly forget what was agreed uh, mm -hmm. because the money is there. But if it's if it's written, if it's agreed, then that that it's it's all written. Uh, it's all in black and white. Step number five, step number six is this: because you've closed that deal, and now. What I say to um, our clients is maximize that opportunity. So you've done one joint venture uh, thing together. Is it possible you could do it again later on that year? Mm. Possibly yeah. you do it the year after? Yeah, because you've already built that relationship. I have 
some of the say I've been doing joint ventures as a coach and consultant really deeply in the last 12 years. And in the last eight years, we did some measurements. And in the last eight years alone, generated over 25 million US dollars between uh, myself and my uh, joint venture partners. Uh, and so sometimes we, we, we do part, we do stuff together, sometimes two or three times a year with some of my uh, partners. So those are quick six quick steps. Um, and so teaching people how to sell, teaching people how to market, teaching people how to use joint ventures, they are amazed how quickly their sales grow without them having mm -hmm. to go and hunt for it too, too hard. I hope that makes sense. Oh, it sure does. And... You know, the one I was really thinking about is contact them. And I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck. Mm. They they don't feel comfortable making that initial call or, you know, call or email or like whatever form. Right. And I know yeah. for me, that would probably be the area I would feel most stuck in because I don't know this person. I have no relationship with this person. Well, so check maybe, this out. Right. So maybe talk about that a little more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, the way I do it is I have an intention that I mm -hmm. want to serve Kim. I just want to serve Kim, right? And so I'm going to, you know, I'm checking out what Kim's doing. I like what she's saying on LinkedIn. Uh, she helps people publish their books, authority, awesome stuff. How can I help Kim? And so mm -hmm. it's about building relationships. So can I invite Kim onto my podcast? Hey, can I create a, a small PDF and say, Kim, your clients may value this. So all I'm doing is just building those initial relationships to mm -hmm. so much to a point that Kim's asking, who's this Mac keeps messaging me on LinkedIn? Who's this Mac keeps sending me stuff? Who's this Mac? And suddenly I am no stranger now. It's like, okay, let me check out this Mac. Oh, he does this. Who does presentations? That's this. Okay. So now that relationship is warm. I'll say to Kim, hey, Kim, I love what you do. I've, I've got an idea where I think you will really benefit from and mm. our company will as well. Can we jump onto a, a call, a Zoom call for 15 minutes? I want to describe this idea to you. Right. So we've gone yeah. from cold. I don't know who this guy is to warm. Huh. There might be something here because I, yeah, you know, I like the what he's talking about. It didn't make sense, and now I'm going to have this conversation, okay? And that okay. conversation, yeah. So that's that's one way to do it. The other way I've done it is that I find out where um, Kim mentions that she's going. She's going to, you know, in three months' time, she's going to this convention. Oh, she's going to this convention. So maybe some of my ideal clients are there. So I would then book a ticket, go to that convention, speak to all these people on the stalls. And so I become familiar, you know, they become familiar to me and I'm familiar to them. I'm no stranger. And I, you know, because at a conference or a convention, people are very busy. And I'll say, hey, if you're interested in that, let's um, talk again. If Kim is a, a speaker, I will go to Kim's thing. And yes. I'll go two or three times and I'll sit right in the front row and I will ask questions. <laughs> There are different ways uh, of doing that. You know, um, there's different ways of building relationships. It's it's a sales. Mm -hmm. This building a joint venture is a sales thing, and and sales is about building relationships and building yeah. rapport, as you know. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, 
Yeah, that that's so much better because I am not a cold caller. I no. love creating relationships, but cold calling is not, not my thing at all. It, it makes me very uncomfortable. So thank you for clarifying that because I, I love that. I am I don't like, I don't do cold calling. I don't like cold calling, but I do love building relationships, human to human. Yeah. Can I help you? How can I help you? I'm all for that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because to me, you know, it was funny when I first got into entrepreneurship, a lot of the people that I was following, you know, were, were teaching, you know, all the manipulation stuff and all that kind of thing. And I had no success at it because it wasn't who I was. Like, I I felt like so slimy and I was just like, no. And then finally, you know, several years in, I just finally decided I can't do this anymore. I, I'm just going to be me and I'm yeah. going to just start, you know, developing relationships and it was when I chose to develop relationships that I finally started to not say see success, but at least see some results in my business. I didn't feel so frustrated all the time. And, you know, it made a huge difference. And then when I started RTI Publishing, I had already worked through a lot of that. But I had a couple of amazing clients that I developed good relationships. And I don't know if you can see the book back there, but okay. one of the books back there is Selling from the Heart. And you remind me so much oh, of Larry, wow. the same philosophy of just, you know, developing those relationships. And I think that is just so key. So thank you so much, Mac. I, oh, I just enjoyed welcome. that. You're most welcome. So Very Matt, good. Mac, Mac, not yes. Matt. Mac, <laughs> it's one of those days. Um, you are also an author, so I'd love to talk a little bit about your book, The Millionaire Method. So first of all, tell us a little bit about the book, what's it about, and who would be the best person to read it? Sure. So the best person, the, the book is in fact called The Millionaire Moment. And in the, the Millionaire Moment, I published that in um, 2020. Uh, just after the lockdown situation and I'm not traveling anymore. I'm not being invited to speak in various countries. I've spoken in over 50 countries and, and, and supported more than um, 200,000 people at the last count. But, so I sat down and wrote this book and people, my first two books were personal development books. My third one was a business book. And then this, people were asking me about wealth creation, wealth creation. So this is a wealth creation book. Mm -hmm. And, the subtitle is How Our Thoughts Shape Our Financial Destiny. And the early part of the book is about my, if you like, rags to riches story, how I came from heavily in debt to becoming a multimillionaire, what happened. And so by that time, I had already done a lot of research in terms of how the mind works. And the mind is critical in terms of how you utilize it to create more income, uh, more mm -hmm. wealth financial freedom. So essentially, I talk about, at the beginning of the book, I talk about poverty mindset and what creates poverty, a poverty mindset. And I talk about wealth uh, generating mindset. What's a wealth mindset? How do you create that? And we are responsible for what happens, but you, you can also change the way you think about money. You can change the way you think and approach money. Because it doesn't, regardless of how you were brought up with, 
money or no money with silver spoon, no silver spoon. You can change your situation if you change your mind, if you change your thoughts. Mm, love it. Love it. Okay. So here is the question that I ask every author that comes on the show. What was the good, the bad, and the ugly? And let's focus in on your first book. So what was the good, the bad, and the ugly about publishing that first book? Oh, now you got me there. What's the good? All right, let me go back. This was 2000 and, oh, 2006. I published that, 2006. Now, um, that book I published with um, four, three other people. And the good, bad, and the ugly. The good was that... Um, we had created a process. Uh, it's called masterminding. And so we created a process of, called the power, how to mastermind. So, and so I'd, I'd been, I friends, I was friends with them. We had mastermind. We're in the same mastermind group. And we came up with the idea of writing this book. So we all, the good thing is that we all threw our ideas in and we, and, and fed one person, Steve, who's, who who's who's a writer it's fantastic so he then put it all together so that was a good the bad was that we really didn't know how to market it uh mm. and so the book's there and and that's it it never really did anything so we didn't really push it um so the good the bad and the ugly did you say the ugly <laughs> the ugly what was ugly um do, 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 do. the ugly was that's a good question the ugly i think the ugly has to be i can't really think of an ugly because we were fortunate in a way but i will talk about now i can't think of an ugly uh, on that actually um that's okay <laughs> yeah yeah i think it was a good process to go through uh yeah yeah it, it it i haven't written uh a book with other uh people since then so i think the ugly could be the challenge with working with other people and and, and having agreements and uh and later on agreements around royalties uh that come in as well so that that we weren't aware of uh and so that would be the ugly part but not too ugly it's just uh agreements that weren't made at, at the beginning fair enough awesome so mac if people have heard this and they want to connect with you what's the best way to connect and do you have any freebies that you give away oh wow um if you know, if you're a consultant or you're a coach you're you're an expert you're a speaker you're a trainer and you're thinking of growing your business rapidly i can help so go to macatram.com. So M-A-C-A-T-R-A-M M-A-C-A-T-R-A-M.com. And there's a free business quiz there. Take the quiz. It'll tell you where your weakness is in business right now. Um, also, I've got some, you can book a call uh, with me or any of my colleagues for free, a strategy call around your business um so yeah macatram.com and yeah and um also check out any of my socials i do regular videos every single week uh and i'm giving stuff away on my socials as well same again Ma at macatram my full name at macatram whether it's instagram linkedin facebook youtube it, it's all there you'll get it
Thank you so much. It has been such a joy and a pleasure interviewing you today. So this has been Kim and Mac on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you all.